The name of the Lord is what? A strong tower. I'm so glad I got a place I can run into. Woo! And find safety and security in troubled times. Hallelujah. Let's just praise that strong tower one more time and thank him. Thank him. Oh, I'm thankful I got a God I can depend on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, feels good in the house of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. It's good to see everybody in Sunday school this morning. Hallelujah. Ooh, it just feels good. I just felt good. I tell you what, something about it, when you start, when you start praising our God, <laughs> it's amazing, Brother Littles, how that happens. Something begins to take place, doesn't it? Hallelujah. I think he kind of likes that. He even says in his word, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he says, my spirit dwells in the midst of the praises of my people. There's something about that when we begin to talk about our Lord is our strong tower. Our Lord is our help. Hallelujah. Our Lord is our come. He says, you know what? I think I'm going to go down amongst my people, and I'm going to be God to them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Noel, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Mm. I would say that that amazes me and shocks me, but it don't. And you know why? Because my Lord is a strong tower. My God is a healer. Woo, hallelujah. When I seen him get out of that floor, Brother Littles, it didn't shock me because the Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. And there was a bunch of folks that was believing in this house. Amen. They shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Hey, get ready. It's fixing to start happening more and more and more in this day and hour in which we live. You know why? Our God's not changed, but he's going to get us lined up where we're going to get right with him and we're going to get in a place with him where we're going to start believing him and trusting him and having faith in him and confidence in him and we're going to see him work. Amen. I'm supposed to be teaching Sunday school. Amen. I talked to Brother Sharon last night and I, uh, or yesterday, and I apologize for not being able to, to be here this week. And um, I made the comment to him. He said he was going to be praying for me and he asked me to be praying for him. And let's remember our pastor in prayer. He's preaching a whole bunch of times this weekend. And uh, I told him, I said, I'm, I said, I'm praying the Lord doesn't change my mind between now and Sunday. He said, I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> Because many times I've gotten up here before, and like the day before or the morning before, the Lord sent me in a in a different direction. But I, this uh, something's been on my heart, and I want to share it with you this morning. I uh, I grew up about 18 miles south of here, at a little place we call Treasure Island, a little farm out there, and uh, I thank God for that. I, I I I appreciate my upbringing in the country and on the farm. Appreciated my mom and daddy and grandma and grandpa. They. Uh, they taught me about the things of God, but they also taught me to work, and I appreciate that. Amen. I think we could use a whole lot more of that in today's hour. Amen. People that ain't, uh, they taught me not to be afraid of work, Brother Casey. And, uh, amen, they taught me that if a man's going to make his living, he's going to make it by the sweat of his brow and the sweat of his face. And me and Brother Larry were just talking this morning about we kind of like slowed down just a little bit. Amen. But uh, thank God that, thank God for that upbringing. But 
Always on the farm, I would hear Dad talk about, he would tell stories about when they had livestock, about, about the old milk cow. How many of y'all ever had a milk cow on your farm? Some of you old timers had to milk the old cow. Sister B, I seen you raise your hand. You know all about that country living. You grew up just across the ditch over there from, from my people. And, uh, but anyway, Dad would tell those stories about, he said the happiest day in his life was the day they sold the milk cow. Because he said he was tired of going out there, rain, sleet, snow, it didn't matter. Twice a day he had to go milk that cow. And, and they didn't have electricity back in those, those days, especially in the barn. And uh, so it was dark and it was, and he, he would tell some horror stories about milking that cow. But uh, he, uh, he would talk about livestock, but he never talked real favorably about it. He would say, you know, I would have to water the horses and the mules. And he said, he said, I would try to shoo them away while I was trying to pump water to fill the trough. He said, because if they were drinking while I was pumping, he said, I'd, ne- they, I'd never get done pumping. They just kept drinking, drinking, drinking. And anyway, I used to love to hear his stories, but it kind of put something in me. I, I said, I'd kind of like to have some farm animals. But man, Dad didn't want no part of it. And I grew up on that farm. We were we row crop farm and raised cotton and soybeans and wheat and milo, but not a chicken, not a hog, not a cow. None of that stuff was on our farm. But I always kind of I kind of liked that stuff and to hear stories about that. And so when I got grown, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna get me some livestock. I got kids coming on, and I want them to experience the things that my you know I want them to be around that. And I remember. I remember one of the biggest smiles I ever seen on my daddy's face was one uh, one Christmas Eve. I had come home from work and he was back in a little old shed I had behind my house. He's back there putting a makeshift door on it. And he turned around. I walked up and said, what are you doing, Dad? And I, he turned around. He was grinning, Brother Lills, from ear to ear. He'd went over to pig it somewhere and he'd bought me two little old white feeder pigs. He said, yeah, you've been talking about you wanted some little pigs. He said, I found you some pigs. And uh, anyway, that was a happy moment, and that got me started on raising livestock, even though he pro- he didn't hardly get out of the driveway good, and that little door he had made put up there didn't hold too good, and I was chasing pigs all across the cotton field. So that was my first experience with them. But, uh, but since then, I've raised, and when my children were young, we've raised, we've raised pigs, calves, goats, chickens, rabbits. You know, we've raised pretty much all of it, and... Uh, I always enjoyed seeing my kids do the chores, going out there, and some of them had to take care of the chickens, and some were taking care of the pigs, and they all had their own duties and responsibility. But I always done my heart good, sister, to see them out there in their little old hog boots. Oh, we call them hog boots, but old barn boots and stuff, and working, doing chores. And uh, But one of the things, one of the animals that amazed me the most on the farm, and there's some ama- nature will show you some amazing things if you'll just take time and watch it. But... How many of you ever had had chickens? Any of you ever been around chickens much? Okay, how many of you ever, ever had a hen that hatched some little baby chicks? Now that's a sight to see. If you want to be amazed and you want to be like kind of intrigued, you watch a mama hen when she's got her little chickens around her. She will do circles and she will cluck and she will keep, but she's not going to let them get too far from her. She's going to keep them right there close to her. And, and it's, it always amazed me how she'll, uh, she'll be clucking around there. They'll be feeding and, and she'll be, they'll be going along with her. And she can make a certain sound and she can move her wings in a certain way. And, buddy, they'll come running. And she'll gather them, gather them little chicks up because she knows something that they don't know. 
She knows something that they don't realize yet, that they can't take care of themselves. She realizes that there's some things out there that's dangerous to them. Those things are called predators. And, uh, you know, I was coming to work this morning, and it was kind of ironic. I was coming on the outskirts of Piggott, and I seen an old coyote sitting there on his haunches at the railroad tracks. And I said, boy, he's watching something pretty close. And then I went on down the road a little farther, and there was a, a yard with some chickens in it. Well, he's sitting right there watching them chickens. He was thinking about breakfast. He wasn't as intrigued about all that as I. He was thinking about something to eat. But that mama chick, that mama hen, she knows that there's things that's dangerous for her little chicks. And uh, so she's going to be protective of them. They might not realize what damage a coyote or a possum or a coon or any of these animals that, 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 that they could do to them, but she knows. And she's watching out for them. And if Sister Star, can you play that little... Is it all right if I show a little cl- short clip of a, a hen with her chicks so we can think about Some of you city folks, city folks might not have ever seen this. Well, I ain't really city folks, but country folks. But anyway, let's watch. It's only about two minutes. This is a mama hen, and she's got her a few chicks there, and she's watching out for them. Let's watch her for a second. She's out there, and she's going to, she's got the old rooster over there, but she ain't going to let him get too close either. But you notice how they'll just follow along beside mama, mama hen. They just ease along for a little stroll, and she's going to teach them how to, how to eat and how to take care of themselves. But right now, they can't take care of themselves, brother Littles. They need mama, and they staying close to her. Can you all hear that sound? Yeah, she's making a certain sound, and she's keeping them. I hear traffic in the background. She's... Whether you understand it or not, she's watching for prey and she's watching for predators all the time. And you'll see here in a minute, as they're going along for their little stroll, that the cameraman gets a little too close. And she thinks that cameraman, she perceives him to be a predator. So I want you to watch what Mama does here to mention. Well, first of all, she let him know she was there. Let's just watch what she does to her babies. She sees that danger approaching. Now you see them, now you don't. Hmm. Those little hens are safe right now. You know why? That's good. Thank you, Sister Star. They'll pop back out here in a minute, but we can go ahead and stop that. They're safe right now from that predator, and you know why? Because they're underneath mama's, mama's wings. <laughs> yeah, they're a, uh, I don't know what we got going there, but we can probably click out all that. <laughs> anyway, well, I might have to change my whole notes because this thing keeps playing, trying to find something else to preach about. But it always amazed me, Brother Larry, how, and I, I could have showed a whole lot more graphic videos. In fact, that was the, the less graphic one that I could find because there's some on there where there's predators trying to attack those baby chickens. And, man, you see another side of mama come out when they try to attack. There's one where an old snake is drawn up, and he's just waiting to snatch one of them, and he's waiting to pick one of those off, and she is back and forth kept those got those little chicks all behind her and, and she's got more than three she's got she's got about a dozen of them and she's she's scurrying around there and buddy she's attacks that 
a snake when he gets too close. And she gives him the what for and he gets them gone. There's others where one of the biggest dangers on the farm, believe it or not, is an old chicken hawk. Now, I tell you what, I've, I've watched my chickens before, and uh, I've seen them. I've seen that old mama hen start clucking and stuff, and I'm looking around. What is she all upset about? And she's gathering them, them little chicks around, and all of a sudden I'll see a chicken hawk circling around, coming down. He's looking for an advantage. He's looking, saying, you know what, I want to pick one of those off. I want to take one of those baby chicks, and I want to devour them. I want to destroy them. But as long as they stay close to mama, now we're talking. Now we're not talking about, we're talking about the farm still, but I wanted to show you that because I want you to get this in your heart. As long as they stay close to mama hen, and they listen to her voice, and they watch her actions, they're going to be okay. Because when danger comes, as long, brother littles, as they can hear her cluck, and they can hear her warning. They'll come running to her, and she'll gather them, and now you see them, now you don't. She hid them babies from danger. That reminds me of the scripture in the book of Luke. Luke, Luke the 13th chapter, in verse 34. You can put that on the screen for me, Sister Star, if you don't mind. Jesus is talking to the talking to the scribes and the Pharisees. It's also the same account in the book of Matthew. But uh, he's talking about how so many times I wanted to protect you and take care of you. And let's just see what he, he even, Jesus even referred to that hen and that old mother hen. Let's read it together. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together? As a hen doth gather her brood unto her. We've seen what that's like when that hen gathers those babies up. Those babies are safe. Only way that, only way a predator is going to get to those babies is they're going to have to go through mama. They're going to have to go through mama hen. And here's what God is saying right here. He's saying so many times, Jerusalem, my people, I wanted to gather you and gather your children underneath my wings. I wanted to provide you safety. I wanted to provide you security. I was able and I was willing and I wanted to do it. Amen. Is our God able or not? Is our God willing or not? It's not His will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. And we live in a world that's got predators all around. There's, there's things out there that are seeking our adversaries as a roaring lion going about seeking whom He can devour. He's wanting to pick off those baby chicks one at a time and that's your children. That's my children, and that's you. But I got a God that says, if you'll let me, I'll gather you as a hen doth gather her brood, and I'll protect you. I'll protect you, and I'll keep you safe. But the sad thing in this scripture is the last part of that scripture. And what's he say? He says, so long as a hen doth gather her brood, he says, and ye would not. What would happen, and I've seen this happen, what would happen if one of those little baby hens, one of those little chicks decided, you know what, I want to do my own thing. Sometimes they don't even mean to do it. They just wander too far from mama. They just get a little too far from their source of protection. And they get away too far. And something will come up and they can't hear mama clucking. And they don't see her reaction. And so... 
they end up being destroyed. And what Jesus is saying right here, I want to protect you. That's my desire. I want to take care of you. I want to be God for you. In your weakness, I want you to see my strength. But you got to let me. You got to listen for my voice. You got to watch my actions. And when there's danger on the horizon and when there's trouble fixing to take place, I need you to, I need you to come running and let me gather you up. But you know what? It's up to us. God has given every man and every woman underneath the sound of my voice right now a thing called free will. You can decide for yourself what do you want, whether you want to listen to his voice or not. It's his desire. It's his will to protect you and to keep you. But you're going to have to stay close enough to that source of protection and that source of strength to find safety and security in the time of trouble. Amen. Amen. He is more than able. And that's his desire to protect us. Hey, he's, his strength is not waning. He, he, he's, not, he's, the, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, if he'd done it in the past, he can do it today. He's still God. The only one that's doing some changes, not God, it's us, it's me. And that's what God's been convicting me of. He said, you want to see signs and wonders and you want to see miracles. He said, I'm still God. I'm still able to do those things. You just need to get back close to your power source. You need to get back. So I said, but God, but this is happening to me or this is happening to my family. He says, won't you draw a little closer to me? Amen. Draw a little closer to where your strength's coming from. Amen. Brother Larry, can I use you just a minute for an example? If you don't mind, go. St- if you'll stand at the back of the aisle back there, I should have talked to you before church, but you, I know you're always ready to help. <laughs> I love Brother Larry. How about y'all? Now, that's just... I, I, I like, this is Sunday school, so I wanted to use the little video clip, and I wanted to use some things that maybe would, would put this in our heart. Brother Larry, I want you to, I want you to tell the folks what that says right there. Now, I put it in big, bold print with a black Sharpie. You should be able to see that. Well, I tell you what, come up, come on up here a little closer. I'll stop right there. That's good enough. Right there, that's good. That's good. What that says. Well, we're not taking the... I tell you what, won't you come a little bit closer? That's good right there. All right, Brother Larry, come on. Come on a little closer. I got a feeling we'd all be... You're squinting, Sister Sheila. Get on up here. You're getting close to me, though. All right, what's that say? <laughs> my brother, my good brother, couldn't see that back there. But the closer he got to me, <laughs> the closer he got to what I had on this piece of paper, he was able to see that. Thank you, Brother Larry. And I use the scripture, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Sometimes we look around when we're faced with situations. We say, God, where are you at? And he's just saying, won't you get a little closer? 
You can't see or hear my voice. I could have took this microphone away and I could have quoted that scripture in a regular voice. And guess what? Brother Larry wouldn't have heard me either. But the closer he got to me, the more he would be able to not only see that and to hear what I was trying to say. And I want that to stick in your head this morning. If we want to hear the voice of God, if we want God to work in our situations and our work in our lives, then we need to draw nigh to God. Amen. We need to draw nigh to Him. And He's promised us that He will draw nigh to us. Amen. Thank you, Brother Larry, for doing that with me. You know, Psalms 91, we won't go and read the whole chapter, but I love this chapter. I tell you what, if you, you know, our pastor's really been talking to us about getting into the Word of God. And my friend, brothers and sisters, beloved, if, if you're not getting into the Word of God, please do. That's God's letter to you. That's His love letter to you. Amen. You know, uh, I get up in the morning and, 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 and I pray and I talk to the Lord and I thank Him. First of all, I thank I praise Him and I talk to Him. But when God... When I get ready, if I want God to speak to me, Brother Littles, I'm not saying that He can't speak to me in an audible voice. He can do that. God can, God can speak that way. I have no doubt that He can. But if I want to hear the voice of God, that's what this old book right here is. I'll pray for a while and then I'll say, Now, Lord, I'm going to sit down. I want you to talk to me. <laughs> and I'll open that word and I'll begin to, begin to read and to study that word of God. And that's when God speaks to us. Is through His Word. And, uh, and just a footnote on that. Maybe always be aware of this because we got a lot of deception in the land that God's not going to speak something to you that's contrary to His Word. He's not going to tell you something different that don't line up with what He's already said. So that's just a little nugget of truth there you can hang on to. But I love Psalms 91. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I want to abide under the shadow of the Almighty, don't you? Amen. I want to get underneath the wings of that, of that hen when trouble comes. Amen. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. I don't know about you, but I ain't, you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta look at the news but just a minute and you're gonna realize you need a refuge and you need a place of safety that you can go to. And I got news for you. It ain't gonna get no better in this old world. And I'm going to need to stay close to my, to my refuge. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. I want to trust in Him. Amen? I want to trust in God. Amen? I want to put, we've got a God that we can trust. We've got a God that we can believe in. Surely, surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. And for the noisome pestilence. Verse 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers. That makes me think about what Jesus was talking about. About that hen that gathers that brood up. He shall cover me with his feathers. And under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy butler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night. Oh, sister, you talked about fear last week. I thank God for that. I felt the anointing of the Holy Ghost in every word she spoke because it's not the will of God that His children be living in fear. Amen. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Amen. So if God didn't give that spirit, where does it come from? Unfortunately, it comes from that predator. 
and that adversary. But we can take authority over him in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's not, we can find safety and security, but from the terror, the terror at night. Amen. Amen. That shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. Amen. I could go on and on read that whole, that, that whole chapter is something you should read. If you're struggling with knowing where your safety and security comes from, read Psalms, the 91 chapter. Amen. I, I pray this prayer over my family, over my angels. It says, for he shall give his angels, verse 11, verse Verse 11 says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in thy ways. I pray for my family every day. Lord, dispatch your angels to encamp around. As I'm going to work, Lord, let the angel of the Lord go with me to protect me and keep me. Folks, our God is able. But it's up to us. It's up to us whether we're going to respond to the word of God. If we're going to be willing. Brother Larry could have told me, No, Brother Marty. I can't read that. I can't see it. I'm done. I'm not. But he was, he was kind enough to keep drawing closer. As I asked him, brother, just a little closer. He was kind enough to keep, keep coming up closer till finally he could read that sign. He could read that verse of scripture. I feel like that God is wooing us and he is calling us. These things that are happening in this world around us are his word being fulfilled. They're going to happen. But we don't have to be afraid. Amen. When I read when I read Matthew, the 24th chapter, and I see about all the things that's going to happen, I also read in there where he says, don't you be afraid. Don't you be all shook up. Amen. You know why? Because he's wanting to gather us under his wings. He's wanting to protect his people. And he's more than able. But all we got to do is we got to let him. I don't want to do like that verse of scripture that says, that I read earlier where he says, I wanted to gather you, but you would not. You wouldn't heed the call. You wouldn't heed the warning. You wouldn't, you didn't want to be safe and secure. Amen. Some, some people in today's hour, they only want, and we, I've been guilty of this, and, and, and maybe you have, I, I don't know, but if not, you know somebody that has, that they want, they want, Something to do with God when it's convenient for them. I, we often talk about that. We call him, I don't know what you just said, but it's what I was just thinking about. We always, me and Christian talk about a lot of times, we call him the triple A Jesus. Y'all know what triple A is. Sister, Sister Sheila might have needed it last night. <laughs> Christian called me and told me that you'd had a flat tire. But anyway, some people like to have that triple A Jesus. When they have a flat or they have trouble, they just pick up the phone and say, hey, they dial it up. I need help over here. I need towed somewhere. And you know what? Triple A will come to your rescue. But I, but that's the kind of religion some people got when they face trials and troubles in their life, then they want to run to Jesus. They, I call it sometimes that spare tire religion. They're like, whoo, I just had a flat. So they'll go and they'll open the trunk. They'll go through the dust and everything, and they'll get there. I, I, maybe y'all don't have dust in y'all's, but I live on dirt roads, so I, I've never known a trunk not to have dirt all in the back of it. But anyway, they'll dust all that off, and they'll get that spare tire out in that jack, and they'll get that thing up, and they'll get it going. And uh, that's the way they want Jesus to be. They want him to be that spare tire. And then when they get that flat fixed, 
when things get back like they should be, they toss that old spare tire back in the trunk. And it gets the lid shut back down on it. And it gets forgotten about. But it gets remembered when, when what happens? When they have another flat. That's not what God's wanting for us. He's not wanting to be your triple A Jesus. He's not wanting to be your spare tire God. He wants to have relationship with you. He wants you to be his children. That's, folks, that's why you, that's why he created you because he wants to have communion with you through the good times, through the bad times. He wants to be God for you more than just a spare tire. And, I, and I've seen it over and over. I've seen people that they'll, they'll come to church and you'll ask yourself this question, you know, not trying to be judgmental, but you'll ask yourself this question say, well, I wonder what's going on now. Because the only time you see them when there's a, when there's a bad situation faced. And they'll never find victory. And they'll never find the right relationship with God as long as you're dependent on God like that. Amen. I want to, I want to draw nigh to Him. And He will draw nigh to me. I don't know about you, but I don't want to have a flat. I don't want to have, I don't want a flat to be what has to wake me up. God, I want your blessing and I want to roll around here and I don't want a flat tire to make me think about you. Amen. I want, I want that, I want that God of Psalms 91 that's going to be my refuge. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. Amen. Today, I mean, there's a lot of different directions you could go with this and I, and I want to bring this to, an, to a close here shortly, but in today's religion, in today's mentality, we got to be careful because I've fallen into this and it's easy to fall into. Brother Littles, when we read about God creating man, the Bible says that he created us in his image. But in today's society and in the, in the church world today and religious world today, they're wanting to create God in their image. They've come up with a God of their own imagination. That's why they have that spare tire religion. You know, they go through the Bible and they pick out the good things that they, well, I like a God of love and I like all this. But we have to accept God as he reveals himself to us. Amen. God's word was, was designed to be effectual for our lives in this century in which we live. Not, his, not, not it's supposed to change and evolve to what our lifestyle wants to be today. And we have to be we have to be very careful as his children that we don't fall into that. We're created in his image, not he, not we want him to be created in ours. Amen. God will help us if we'll just, if we'll just draw nigh to him, if we'll accept him. But God, no matter, I've explained to you and you know that he's able, he desires to protect, he desires to keep you, he desires relationship with you, but it's going to be up to each individual here whether we want to have that relationship with him. Our pastor's been preaching. He's been that watchman on the wall. He's been sounding that trumpet. He's been giving that clarion clear call. Now, he's not, he's not necessarily he's saying some things that are a little difficult to want to do sometimes. I don't like to fast. I don't necessarily like to pray. All the time, you know, and but he's calling us because he sees the dangers that are out there. He sees the chaos that's going on in the world. And as a watchman on the wall, and that's what God's called him to be, he's sounding the alarm. But it's up to us whether we want to hear 
the alarm. And we've got to do more than just hear the alarm. We've got to respond to that clear, clarion call that's going forth in the land today. Amen. Be ye a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. But we don't want to fall into the category of, of, of people and of so-called Christians that say, well, I, that's not the kind of God I want to hear about. Or that's not that, that self-denial and that denying myself and taking up my cross and following him. That's not the kind of, that's not the kind of thing I want. You know, I want that, I want that, I want something different. And we got preachers all over the land that are preaching messages that are convenient to hear, that are more like positive, uh, positive talks and, you know, and there's a place for all that. But when the chaos that's coming in this world today, we're going to have to hear a clear voice that's preaching to us a thus saith the Lord. Or you know what? We're going to be picked off one by one by that predator unless we listen to the voice of God's man in this last day and hour. I couldn't help but think about, and it's up to us, it's up to us how we respond. I couldn't help but think about this week I was reading through the book of Amos again. In Amos, the uh, second chapter, verse number 11. He says, And I raised up of your sons for prophets, and of your young men for Nazarites. Is not even thus, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord. He said, I've gave you preachers. I've raised up people that will tell you the truth. I'm like that old hen. I've tried to gather you under my wings. I've tried to protect you. I've tried to do things that will help you and will save you. And he said, I've raised them up. Verse 12 says, but you gave the Nazarites wine to drink and commanded the prophets saying, prophesy not. Don't preach that to me, preacher. I don't want to hear that. That's just a little bit too hard. That goes against the grain just a little bit. So we got to try to find some way to pervert you, some way to get you where you can't, where you won't preach that. That's happening all in the world around us today. And they're commanding the prophets saying, prophesy not. But there's a price that's going to be paid when we don't hear the word of God. When we refuse to hear that, that voice, that trumpet sound, that warning, that watchman on the wall. When we refuse to hear that and we don't respond to that, verse 13 says, Behold, I am proud because of this. I am pressed under you as a card is pressed that is full of sheaves. You're so laden down that you get stuck. You get, a, you get enough weight on an old truck on the farm, Brother Littles, and it ain't going to go nowhere. It's going to sink in the mud and it's going to be stuck. And he said, that's what he says here. I'm pressed under you as a cart that's pressed full of sheaves. Therefore, the flight shall perish from the swift and the strong shall not strengthen his forth force. Neither shall the mighty deliver himself. Neither shall he, he stand that handleth the bow and he that is swift of foot shall not deliver himself. Neither shall he that rideth the horse deliver himself and he that is courageous among the mighty shall flee away naked in that day, saith the Lord. Why is all of that calamity going to happen? Because they wouldn't hear the voice of God. They wouldn't hear the preacher that was preaching the word of God. They was trying to give a clear message and a clear warning. Folks, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh Kenneth, oh Kenneth, oh Marty MacMillan, oh Marty MacMillan. How oft I would have gathered you. As that hen doth gather her brood. There's safety there. There's security there. But it's up to me whether I'll respond. It's up to each individual here how we'll respond.
to the preaching and the teaching of the word of God and to the voice of God. Let's not get picked off by the adversary. He's out there. He's busy. He's doing his thing. But let's be gathered up under the arms and the safety of the church of the living God. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. I love you each and every one. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We'll pick back up in just a few moments with our second service. Just take a moment to visit. We'll be back in a moment.